Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hello and welcome to the Autosport Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Kalanorkas. Welcome to our second bite-sized podcast, keeping you up to date with everything happening at the 2020 Austrian Grand Prix. And the 2020 season is finally underway. Cars have hit the track for the opening practice sessions at this weekend's race at the Red Bull Ring. And that meant new pieces and new faces, well, returning face when it comes to Esteban Ocon and a new face in terms of Nicolas Latifi at an F1 Grand Prix. Particularly focusing on those new pieces, the new bits on the cars, means that joining me today to go over everything we learned is Autosport's technical editor, Jake Boxall-Leg. How are you, Jake? I'm in very good spirits. Uh, it's so nice to have, have racing back here. I mean, obviously we've had NASCAR and IndyCar and stuff, but nothing beats a bit of getting stuck into a Formula 1 weekend. So, And obviously with spec series as well, I can't look at everything in minute detail and, and analyse it. Spec series must be awful for a technical editor in terms of, especially one focused on aerodynamics. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The, the problem with that is you just, everything's inside a car and you can't really see what's going on. So you have to make incredibly wild and slightly less informed guesses. Ooh, much like we did at Formula E testing back in November. <laughs> but anyway, we, we, we had spreadsheets. We, were, we had spreadsheets. We did have spreadsheets. We had lots of spreadsheets. And a, another reason why you're in high spirits is because you've just sub-edited and got ready to publish my Friday feature, which we will come on to discuss. And it was, uh, as if I do say so myself, some of my finest work. And not at all stressful and worrying and concerning <laughs> and might all be wrong. But we shall see. We shall see. And there were spreadsheets again. So, you know, oh, I was in my yes, element. Lots of spreadsheets. You were indeed. <laughs> right. Well, let's get on. Let's get on. Sorry, we're wasting everybody's time in what is supposed to be a bite-sized podcast. Uh, the headline we're going to start with what happened on track and we're going to come to the new stuff at the very end of the episode but the headline takeaways from the on-track action is that Mercedes topped FP1 and FP2 with a 1-2 in each session Lewis Hamilton the world champion leading the way on both occasions 
picking up where it left off pretty much Mercedes but what about the car itself the W11 now we know it's got what I think having seen it now running on the track a fantastic livery it's been chosen specifically to highlight motorsports problem with diversity and the the push for racial equality around the world and that is a, a laudable aim it's absolutely fantastic that I, I, I think so that Mercedes have done that and to see it on track, it comes with a with a bonus, really, that it just looks so damn good. But the differences are more than paints deep because there are new pieces on the W11. There are indeed. Um, so I, I'll, I'm going to start at the back this time. Usually I'll go through the front wing and then work my way through the car. But I'm going to start from the back this time because that's where... Mix it up. Mix it yeah, up. Yeah, exactly. Let's start with the rear wing. Um, new rear wing end plates. It's an evolution of something that they brought midway through last season. Uh, and it's a design they've stuck with. But what they've done is made a change to those like little overhanging strakes you see on the rear wing end plates where it sort of like flares out. It's, it's there to sort of manage flow coming off the back of the car what you have is you have the diffuser and the way the diffuser works is through a massive amount of suction so if you can sort of expand that diffuser zone then you have more suction therefore you have more downforce from the floor what those little overhanging strakes do it sort of pushes air outwards behind the tire and so it maximizes that low pressure zone behind the car you have a lot more rear end downforce from the floor what they've done is they've moved those strakes even further forward so that they can begin that progression a lot earlier and make it a little bit more gradual as well also sort of helps to clean up the flow on the rear wing as well the main plane flap is is slightly uh, a straighter edge i don't know if that's an austria specific design or not they've also opened up their cooling as if to sort of learn from the lessons of last year where it was unexpectedly hot in austria and mercedes turned up and they're like oh we haven't got enough cooling for this so they had to turn the engines down they were slightly uncompetitive i don't think they'll have that problem this weekend because the weather's a bit iffy better safe than sorry uh, i suppose is is the mantra uh and there's also a little few new flicks on the uh the bulkhead just in front of the driver so um what that's doing is it's pulling airflow down around the tops of the barge boards and just sort of helping to improve the flow in front of the floor so again it's some detail changes they're not massive changes um there was also a little change to the rear of the diffuser as well just to sort of go with those rear end plate changes but just a few little bits and pieces from mercedes we know how much they love the sort of marginal gains approach when it comes to updates and stuff so again this is just business as normal for them just to quickly touch on 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 the weather as you mentioned jake it was indeed there was a little bit of, of rain in fp1 that forced it seemed all the cars to come back into the pits then appear on intermediates whereupon the drivers immediately informed their teams that those intermediates were utterly useless because the track was effectively bone dry but it did indeed rain a little bit but that just means basically mercedes shouldn't have any uh, worries when it comes to cooling and indeed lewis hamilton as we said on last night's podcast has said that the, the 2020 the w11 mercedes design has incorporated the issues that struck it in Austria last year and the sort of the reliability concerns around the cooling so it shouldn't be affected anyway even if it was very hot so moving on to the next tech development we're going to go to Renault and what they called a triple update package that they put on their car from testing which obviously incorporates what would have been all the early season races that were sadly washed away by the pandemic so yes Jake I think the most noticeable one was a new front wing it's gone with the sort of the Ferrari philosophy that they'd brought in France last year where they squash the footplate a little bit and introduce a tiny little fin and so over the top you're able to push airflow around the front tyres a little bit more easily you have more tools to do that job by squashing that footplate down a little bit more you can you can release that the vortex that created like the mini little tornado that's developed by that footplate that drives their flow around the front of the car um, they're able to release it a little bit earlier um 
and obviously there's a few changes to the front wing as well to sort of enhance that effect there's a little cut out in the, uh, the the trailing edge of the end plate um the front wing it sort of sits a little bit lower down as well um so it, these are all tools again to essentially set up the flow for the rest of the car um i think it, it's easiest to leave it leave it like that um but yeah it nice little changes there are changes to the barge boards as well we didn't get pictures of them until until today really but there are tiny little serrations that they've added just to they create the tools in front of it and then if there's any sort of straggling air left behind the front tires then they've got these little tools to keep the floor protected keep everything away from the underbody and yeah you'll have much greater downforce by doing that so yeah there were a few changes at Renault as well but slightly worrying on the bargeboard front that was a piece of bargeboard it appeared to be that fell off Esteban Ocon's car in FP1 which um, meant that he had to come in early and uh, get things looked at yeah and nice advertising for uh, DuPont there as well because it was that part of the bargeboard that was just resting on the track uh, free advertising for them as well and uh, whatever DuPont does uh, other versions are available I'm sure <laughs> now let's move on to our next tech focus for this episode which is that Red Bull which was paying particular attention to the floor on the RB16 was it not Jake? There was a little bit of a furore last week when they'd done their shakedown. A, fur- a furore? A furore mild smatterings of discussion on the internet uh, maybe I was hyping it out with a little bit with a furore but they, what they'd done is they'd put some little fins on the, the edge of the floor and people are like, can they do that in a in a filming day? Are they allowed? But it's, it's part of the car. It's something they back-to-back tested. So I think it was uh, Verstappen's car that had the fins on and Albon's car didn't. They just wanted to obviously check the effects against each other. Um, I don't know how much data they would have got when both drivers were doing their best to spin the car at various intervals during the day. But we'll see tomorrow whether they actually put it on for full qualifying or not. But again, these are tools to uh, bring airflow around the rear tyres this time essentially keep the diffuser a little bit more protected absolutely well it's interesting you mentioned those spins Verstappen spinning at turn one in FP1 and Albon spinning at turn one in FP2 because we saw that happen on a number of occasions at winter testing think back to another lifetime pre-coronavirus or well just as the coronavirus pandemic was sadly accelerating the, the Red Bulls did go off the track on several occasions during testing. Now, they insisted, I can remember asking Max Verstappen about this in Australia. I remember, I actually went to a race before everything happened and it meant that not everybody could attend to go on site. It just sadly never took place. A uh, regular listener of the podcast will know that I'm very bitter about this. Um, but anyway, he insisted that there was no inherent problem. It was just because it was windy at Barcelona. Obviously, one of the one of the mornings it was, it was wet and that was, you know, another contributing factor. But it just, you know... It, it, it just it has happened again as soon as they're running again at the Red Bull ring both drivers have looped the RB16 around so is there any indication of what could be causing that I mean you could argue just on the face that they were just pushing a little bit too hard that's what Alex Albon suggested uh, when he got out of the car but it does seem that under your which is the sort of the rotation when it's turning uh, it does wash out a little bit and you want I I it, it's weird to suggest that a Red Bull car would lose grip doing that because we know that it's an Adrian Newey philosophy and he's one of the greatest tech minds that Formula One has ever seen. Um, and here's me criticising one of his uh, one of his designs. But I don't know if it's got an inherent problem with that. Just It doesn't look particularly comfortable in their hands maybe it's a little bit uh a little bit particular a little bit highly strung and just when you put too much steering lock into it it just doesn't respond to it too much and it snaps um 
I think we'll, we'll see tomorrow because uh, they'll be doing their hot laps in FP3. Um, they'll be pushing it a little bit more. If there are more more spins, then uh, it's probably maybe a little bit of a cause con- for concern. But again, they might have just been testing things out and it might not have quite gone the way they wanted it to. Just to let you know, when it comes to the Hungarian Grand Prix, race three on the reorganized calendar, we're going to be doing a particular bite-sized podcast looking at the Ferrari, which of course is Ferrari are bringing a massive update package to try hopefully transform their fortunes uh, for this season. So that's for that's for the future, of course. Now let's have a look at what we think we saw, what the Times told us, or the information we had available with all the caveats that they may be 100% wrong. We don't know what fuel loads the drivers were running, what engine modes they were in. Let's. This is what we think potentially could happen in the race based on what we saw on Friday and for anyone hoping that another team would be out to stop Mercedes sadly it appears as they as was probably forecasted in the fact they topped the two practice sessions they are quickest on all fronts and by a pretty hefty margin it must be said at the start of the race we'll be expecting all the front runners to start on the soft tires Ferrari does appear it can track Mercedes on that rubber. The problem was that in FP2, Sergio Perez beat Sebastian Vettel in the qualifying simulations. And Sergio Perez in the racing point, of course. So that's the other point of this analysis. Racing points, pace in testing appears to be real. And it's going to cause Ferrari and Red Bull some serious headaches, which of course plays into Mercedes' hands even further. So Jake, what did you make of racing point today? Uh, I'm really happy to see another team potentially crack it in the podium placings because for the last few seasons it's been this Mercedes Ferrari Red Bull triumvirate of podium scorers Um, and obviously we know when the car is good and when conditions are right Sergio Perez can be on the podium on a smattering of occasions but how good is it to see that he might potentially have a car that can do it on more than just a fluke a car that can on merit potentially you know get in the mix you know if Bottas is having an off day for example Perez could be the one that you know overtakes him and sits in second maybe even picks up a maybe I'm getting ahead of myself maybe even picks up a win maybe not I don't know but honestly it's just it's nice to see another team in the mix uh again this is a team that doesn't have the budget of red bull and ferrari um and obviously it was slightly controversial um at the start of the season when it came out of the pit box and we were like that looks a lot like a mercedes uh, <laughs> but that's genius um that no one's gone that is the championship winning car why don't we do something like that because clearly we're doing something and we don't have all the answers here because they're winning every single season um, it shouldn't be controversial because you know Haas turns up every year with a Ferrari clone but um, yeah Racing Point have just been been smart they've been cerebral about it and it, it looks good um, and it'll be great to see Perez in the mix Oh, well, indeed, certainly on the variety front. And also get another another uh, a garish colour in the mix as well with that amazing pink livery that the uh, Racing Point has. But if it does translate, as we as we think what these times showed us on Friday, if that does translate into results and a big result for Racing Point on Sunday, I suspect there will be an almighty row about what will happen with that car because they are so far ahead, it seems, of Renault, of McLaren. And 
these cars, don't forget, are going to be used next year as well. So Racing Point, no, I mean, no wonder. I mean, I sensed it when I spoke to Perez uh, in Austria at the, at the team's launch ahead of Wins Testing. I sensed he was really confident and really looking forward to. We saw the car come out of the garage, as you said, Jake, and we suddenly realised why. And he said again, you know, I spoke to him during the lockdown for, for a feature for Autosport magazine. I said to him, you know, was I right to, to to be putting two and two together there? And he said, yeah, we were, we we knew what the car was capable of. We were, we were almost, they were almost disappointed, or well, I'm sure everyone was disappointed. There was a lack of race in Melbourne, but they thought they were going to be in amongst the podium finishes in Melbourne, and that's 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 tremendous. You know, fair play to them, well done. If it's all legal, all good, you know, fantastic. I mean, he does kind of, he's he's kind of weird that you can just go right, okay, right, let's just copy a Mercedes and will suddenly be up the order but then as Jake as you I know you wrote in a feature for Autosport Plus uh, a few weeks ago it's not new in Formula One people doing that that's that's just how it is you see a good design and you go on so it certainly be very interesting to see what happens should Racing Point pick up a big result as it potentially might be judging by these times but the real I don't want to say disappointment but the team that potentially if these times are accurate and playing out as we think they are based on this analysis is Red Bull because we thought Red Bull was going to be the closest challenger to Mercedes based on what we saw in testing and the sort of sense coming out of the team and all the all the noises they were making and things like that and it just seems that it just well first of all it seems that Racing Point are ahead purely looking at the numbers they are just in front of Red Bull and there is a big caveat in the fact that Max Verstappen says he broke his front wing uh, or his front wing was damaged when it came to putting in his, his fastest lap in FP2 Red Bull seemingly a lot of work to do overnight going into qualifying we don't actually know where Ferrari sits on the medium tyre because it didn't do any long run running on it. It concentrated on the harder tyre. So potentially Ferrari could get amongst it early on and then fade away. Or if it is going to use the mediums or it's going to go onto the hards or whatever, that's the way it takes the race to Mercedes and to the other the others at the front of the field. So an interesting scrap behind Mercedes, would you say, Jake? Tomorrow is going to be really important for Ferrari. It's going to be really important where they qualify. If they're behind Racing Point and if they're behind Red Bull, then any pace that they've got, because they did look when, when you crunched the numbers, they looked on paper good on a worn set of soft tyres. But, you know, if they're way out of position, if they're like 7th, 8th, ninth on the grid, then, you know, what's the point? They're not going to beat Racing Point or Red Bull. It's going to be very, very difficult to get past them. You know, 5th and 6th as a top sort of high watermark, that's not good. It could be worse than 5th and 6th if you take into account the potential for both racing points to get ahead, for both Red Bulls to get ahead, we don't know. Like I say, Alex Albon was fair way off uh, Max Verstappen and he was indeed on the long run averages as well. Now, if you want to hear the what we think the rest of the order looks like in the midfield, do go to autosport.com plus and you'll find out where we think the midfield shakes up because we are going to try and keep this a bite-sized short episode podcast for you. But just before we go, we're going to have a quick discussion about the biggest sort of off-track headline of the day. And that as well concerns Mercedes and Red Bull because there's been an official protest lodged by Red Bull against Mercedes DAS steering system. So Jake, what can you tell us about that and what does that mean for the rest of the weekend? Okay, so Red Bull contends, well, well, let's begin with with DAS first and foremost. Uh, Massively controversial in testing. Um, Everyone's mouths were agape when they first saw it, when they saw the steering wheel being pushed inwards and outwards looking at the onboards today it was in use they were they are yeah. using it they are running it effectively and you can visibly see what they're doing with it when Bottas specifically on uh, on outlaps as well Bottas was using it to get the temperature in the tyres I remember we discussed that it might set up the car for corners as well but it does seem to be a sort of multifaceted system um, but Red Bull doesn't like it they contend that when the car is in motion you shouldn't be able to change the suspension geometry. Mercedes argument is that it, well, it's just a function of the steering 
but instead of turning the wheels one way or the other, they turn in different directions at the same time. Um, and they're using the steering geometry to do so. That is their argument. And as we understand it, the FIA had, was prepared for a protest um, and had supporting documentation. But yeah, Red Bull for a long time has considered, you know, it has spent the off season presumably building its case and ready to drop on the F1 world when uh, when Friday rolled around. Obviously, they couldn't do it earlier because obviously in the off season there's no scrutineering or anything like that. But uh, and, and it also also worth saying you can only protest at a race event. You can effectively do what you like in testing, but that's because yeah. that's where the stewards are. The stewards, independent of the FIA, or that we up to them to make the judgment on what's legal. Yeah, exactly. Um, and obviously. Uh, Mercedes has been in discussion with the FIA and said presumably got the all clear for it but you know if Red Bull can make its case then it, 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 I, one wonders if it is a protest to seek clarification and if it is declared legal then they'll go oh well here's one we've made it's probably taken quite a lot of resource to, to put together so I don't know how they've been able to do it on the fly with uh, coronavirus and forced restrictions so it'll be a bit of a turnaround if they've suddenly got one out of nowhere it will indeed, and it's something to keep an eye on across the rest of the weekend to see what the outcome is from that protest uh, that protest hearing, which the, the both teams have been summoned to speak to the stewards on Friday night. So we shall see how that develops. We should also see who is looking in good shape in FP3 on Saturday morning, and then, of course, qualifying coming up tomorrow for the race on Sunday. So lots to look forward to. And you must, I must just say, just very quickly at the end, it is fantastic having had so many months of, frankly, so much horror and tragedy in the world to be talking about something as utterly trivial, although fantastic and interesting and interesting intricate as that system but something like that which let's not forget is banned for 2021 so this argument is going on about something that is already outlawed for next season red bull feels like it's missing out on something you know it's nice to be sort of like back at the day job again rather than trying to get okay we've got a few months here what do we do <laughs> so yeah it's nice to be nice to be back on the ball jbl thank you very much for joining me i shall let you go and enjoy what is left of your friday evening which i'm afraid to say is not that much and thank you very much to everyone listening now just before we go we'd like to remind you that as of this week auto sport magazine is back after a short break due to the pandemic and it's available on the supermarket shelves and in news agents there'll be a new issue for you to pick up every thursday which will be packed full of news analysis and the usual stunning photography and of course if you want unlimited access to auto sport from the comfort of your home Visit autosport.com slash plus to find out how to subscribe to our digital package. Thanks again, and we'll be back soon with another episode of the Autosport Podcast. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Sports Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing... The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.